October 31st, 2023, and I am William Harris, aka William is Bill, here to recap the first week of the regular season for your rookie class of 2023. We're finally here. First week is in the books, and let's talk about how the rookies did, and it's going to be surprising for some of you. For some of you, it may not be, but you know, for starters, only 14 of the rookies are averaging over five points per game thus far. Only five points. I mean, that's not that high of a threshold. Only 14 players are averaging that. Only 24 of the rookies in total have even scored one point uh, in the first week. So, you know, there was 58 rookies drafted and then some undrafted players as well. But only 24 have even put a point on the board. So let's get straight to it, into the leaders, uh, the top 10 players, rookies in this 2023 season. Of course, you know, number one, Victor Wimbenyama, the big man for the Spurs. He's averaging 27 minutes per game, almost 16 points per game, because that last game was a bit of a dud for him. He scored 11 points in his last game. But other than that, he's been having a terrific start to the season, just like everyone expects. As long as he stays healthy, but 16 points, seven boards, almost two assists, two steals per game, almost two blocks per game. The turnovers are a little high with almost five turnovers per game. But Victor Wimbayama, you know, he's seven foot four or whatever and playing like a small four most of the time and handling the ball more than a typical player his size would do. So he's, of course, going to have more turnovers. The Spurs are not in win-now mode. They're in developmental mode and experimental mode as well. But Victor is going to have plenty of opportunity to shine. I like that his minutes are around the 27 mark because he's not out there 35, 40 minutes exhausting himself, putting himself in bad spots to where he can get hurt. He's still displaying everything that he needs to and improving on things that he wants to. I saw an interview where he talked about he was doing some of the more crazy off the wall things overseas in France because he was preparing for the NBA uh, because in the NBA, he knows they're going to try to take away what his strengths are. So he was trying to develop extra strengths and extra type of ways to score and get open and get past the open man. So the, you know, right now, if we want to be picky, we, like I said, those turnovers are going to need to come down. You want the rebounds to go up a little bit, but he's not a true post player. But overall, Victor Wimbayama is having an amazing first week of the regular season. Can't wait to see what happens in week two. Next, I have Brandon Miller on the board. Believe it or not, after all the offseason debate, after all the panning of the Hornets that's been going down, by myself included, Brandon Miller is the second best rookie in this class for this week. Now, I'll give a little side note here. I'm not including Chet Holmgren. He's not a rookie. He's eligible for rookie of the year. He's not in this draft class. So I'm not going to include him because technically he would be second, averaging 15, 7, and two blocks per game. Similar numbers to Victor. If you guys want me to include Chet every time, I will, but it's not my plan to. So straight to Brandon Miller for the Hornets playing 29 minutes per game in his two games, 15 points per game, four and a half boards, two assists, a half a steal, and a half a block per game. And in his most recent game, which is the first game of week two, he really exploded. But we'll get into that next week. 
because I'm airing this like a day later because I had to wait till all the stats came through. But as far as the first week, Brandon Miller showed a lot and showed that that size, strength, and ability that he has is going to translate to the Hornets, to the NBA. And that's that's the main reason they drafted him because of his height, length, size. A lot of people were saying draft a sure thing of Scoop. But I think the Hornets went with a little bit of the clay that they feel they can mold into a star because you don't see that many players at 6'9", they can do what Brandon Miller can do. So, like, last year, Scoot was better than him, but they're projecting that Brandon Miller will be better or equal to Scoot for the long haul. And at that size of 6'9", that could come in very much handy. So the Hornets may have not messed it up like everyone thought at first, but I'm impressed what I've seen in Brandon Miller. You know, if you want to look at the field goal percentage, she's shooting 50%. And 45% from three, that is really, really good. It's just two games, but the first week, he's number two. And speaking of three-point percentage, Victor needs to up that too. He's at 23%, uh, so that that definitely needs to go up. But next on the board, Derek Lively, number three for the Mavs. He impressed me as well, um, and I did not expect much from him at all. First game ever, a double-double. He had 16 points, 10 boards. Right now, he's averaging 24 minutes per game, 12 and a half points, six rebounds, a half assist, half steal, and one block per game. You want to see those blocks go up, but he's only playing half of the game, you know, 24 minutes per game. Those minutes creep up around 30. Maybe he'll get two blocks per game, but, you know, he's kind of going to be matchup based, just like when we saw Chet going against uh, Jokic. The size difference weight-wise is tremendous. So Derek Lively is going to be in some of those situations as well. But he's running the floor amazing, uh, providing great rebounds and defensive presence for the Mavs, for everyone that he can compete with. So I'm impressed. You know, I did not think he even should have came out this year. But the Mavs have a plan for him, and they're working him into the lineup. I mean, He's not even trying to shoot anything outside of the paint. So his field goal percentage is 90, almost 92%. So they're doing exactly what they want him to do. Next, I have Osar Thompson from the Detroit Pistons as my fourth best rookie of the first week. He's having 29 minutes per game, only six points per game. But that's not the key. The key is the almost 11 rebounds per game almost five assists per game, and two blocks per game. That is insane. That's ridiculous. Osar Thompson is a stat stuffer. You know, he's filling the stats in every category and helping this Detroit team. You know, they were starting the season without Bogdanovich, and he was able to step in and fill that role. He may not give that role back because uh, this is the type of player that you want to, you know, You know, he's not going to need the ball, but he's still going to be productive and helpful for the team. So very proud of Asar Thompson. I thought it would be a work in progress for him, but he's coming straight out of the gate, ready to contribute, and you have to be nothing but impressed with Asar Thompson. Next, we got my guy at number five, Keontae George. Killing it this year in only 19 minutes per game, averaging nine points. But you would think a shooter score like Keontae George, that's all he's going to have is points, no other categories. But he's actually having four rebounds per game, a little over three assists per game, 
Not much other than that. But four rebounds per game from a guy that's 6'4", um, that's not his goal. That's not what he should be doing. It's incredible. So, I mean, I love that he's having somewhat of an all-around game. You know, not many defensive stats at all. But he's coming out and impressing. And remember, he was the 16th pick in the draft, I believe. Uh, but not expected to come out here and play great for Utah from day one. And he's out here playing 20 minutes per game from day one, looking better than Colin Sexton, looking better than a lot of guys in that lineup right now for Utah. And it's only a matter of time before he's starting and playing 30 minutes per game for Utah. So I love it. You know, his field goal percentage is good, 45% for a small guard. You know, three-point percentage is good, almost 36%. So I'm very excited to see how he's going to fare in these next coming weeks. You know, only one turnover per game. So Keontae George, amazing. You know, he was my sixth-ranked prospect in this class. It's, I mean, I really like his game. I like where his trajectory is going. Next, we have someone I did not like coming into the draft, Kaysom Wallace. Everyone else did, though. But he's averaging in 20 minutes per game, almost 10 points, two rebounds, almost one assist, and almost one block per game. But his defense is really getting him on the floor, keeping him on the floor. And this has him playing above Trey Mann. That was one of the things I was concerned about. They have Josh Giddy, Shea, Trey Mann. They had Jared Butler, another, and they had another point guard as well. I think they had Misilich. So my point was, why draft a point guard when you have so much point guard depth in OKC? Well, Kaysen Wallace is known for being a great defender. That's what they drafted him for, and that is getting him on the court. He's played all three games in the first week. Trey Mann only played one of those. So that goes to show you he's kind of already taken that spot, and he has room to grow. He's shooting a great percentage from the field, somehow 91%, the same percentage as Derek Lively. And he is a 6'3", 6'4", guard, um, shooting 1,000% from the three-point range. That's because he hasn't shot many. But still, you want to see those assists go up. Maybe those steals go up, but that's going to come with time. It's just the most impressive part is that he's playing and contributing to this team. And this is a winning team as well. This team is trying to do some things and this year now that they have Chet. So it's very promising signs for Casey Wallace. The fantasy numbers or whatever are not exactly there yet, but it's promising for him. Number seven, Sasha Vizenkov for the Sacramento Kings. Now, he is kind of in the Chet boat, but not really. This is his truly his first year in the NBA, but he's been playing internationally. He is 28 years old but a rookie, so I will count him. But uh, he was a part of a draft class like three or four years ago. But this is his first year over here, international man of mystery. Coming into dynasty drafts, everyone was spending all their fab on him if he wasn't drafted. Uh, But so far, he's playing pretty decent for Sacramento. In 15 minutes per game, he's averaging almost 10 points, two rebounds, Almost a steal, not much else other than that. I mean, he's just playing solid. He's clearly behind Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray, but they still find spots for him to come in and be productive. You know, the thing for him, if he hits those threes, he'll stay on the court. He's shooting 40% from three. You cannot frown upon that at all. So that's going to help the Kings, you know, especially now uh, Darren Fox is injured. He's not a point guard in uh, Sasha Vizinkov, but – that's going to allow him more time on the court. So we'll see what happens with that. 
Next, my, my my guy, Scoot, is having a bit of a struggle thus far, but he's at number eight still in 29 minutes per game, averaging seven points, only two rebounds, only three assists, and four turnovers per game. So it's not going the way we all hoped and projected for Scoot, but it's the first week. Rookie point guards have a time, uh, you know, in their first week. I mean, normally it takes a month or two for, for some. Trey Young took about two or three months before he looked like he was going to make it. <laughs> you know, he was struggling early. So hopefully that's what's going on with Scoop. He's going to go through lumps, his lumps, I guess, early. And hopefully he'll come out on the other side. I'm very confident that he will. He's on a dysfunctional team right now, a team trying to lose. Uh, you know, they just had an injury with Anthony Simons. That's That possibly could help Scoop because he won't have another guard that's kind of like him that he's playing with. He'll be playing with Shaden Sharp now more. So we will see. But the team is very young, needs some direction, does not have elite talent. They have a lot of young talent. So we will see what happens. But I'm very confident in Scoop. I love that he's getting the minutes. Uh, but we're going to have to work on everything, really. The three-point percentage is non-existent. Um, and that's not zero because he has taken some, but it's almost zero. That's not good. His regular field goal percentage, 33%, not good. So this is one of the factors that probably led to him being the third sex pick in the draft because of his height. It's a little tougher for a 6'2 guy to score than a 6'9 guy. So even though he looked great in the G League, which is semi-professional, right up under the NBA level, it's still a jump to the NBA. So, But don't get all depressed. Don't drop him, all that. Don't lose your hopes on Scoop. He's going to be all right. He's still the best prospect in this draft class, in my opinion. He's just going to have to put it on the court. And Chauncey, the coach, Chauncey Billups, trust me, will get that out of him. So no, no concern there. Next, Tumani Kamara, a late second-round pick, has entered the conversation at the number ninth rookie in this far in the first week of the season. Now, if you don't know Tumani Kamara, he was drafted by the Suns, and he was traded to Portland in the trade that sent DeAndre Ayton to Portland. He's playing 22 minutes per game, averaging seven points per game, three boards, two assists, and one block per game. That is incredible for someone that was considered a throw-in. Guys that are drafted super late in the draft, I think he was like at 50 or so in the draft, do not come in and impact games like this. So he would have played for Portland or Phoenix because both teams could have used the depth. Phoenix could have used them more. But he's coming out here playing well. His field goal percentage needs to improve, but his three-point percentage is decent at 33%. His three-point percentage is actually better than his two-point percentage. But Tumani Kamara is impressing in Portland. But like I said, another rookie that's playing good minutes. This team is full of youngsters. They're all going to develop together. Who knows what's going to happen with Jeremy Grant. He's pretty much the only old head there. And he's like 29, 28. But Portland is kind of a dumpster fire. But they have some promising young talent. It's just going to take some time. And last but not not least, for the most part, I'm going to go over is Amen Thompson for Houston, averaging in 18 minutes per game, seven points, three boards, two assists, not much else, two turnovers per game. And this is because he's sharing the court with Fred Van Vliet. 
and he's on a team that's kind of like what we just mentioned with Portland. Houston has a lot of young talent, rebuilding, trying to win, but still trying to develop as well. I wish a man was in that situation like Scoot where he had the keys and he was starting, playing big minutes, but he's backing up Fred Van Fleet. But he's showing the flashes that he is the guy that we thought he would be. You know, he was my number two ranked prospect in this class. But um, he needs to keep improving that jump shot. You know, the shot is not going down like we wanted to, but he's shooting 42% from the field, 20% from three. So we see where he needs to improve, and I think he will get there. Next, if you want to keep going, I'll name the top 14. You know, Jordan Hawkins is playing solid for the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram is actually out um, October 30th, so Hawkins got to start the game. You know, that was a huge surprise for me because Willie Green doesn't normally play rookies at all. So that's promising. Jordan Hawkins is showing some things, averaging six points per game. Next, Grady Dick. He had a good game the other day, averaged 16 points in one game uh, the other day. But throughout three games, he's averaging five points, not much else, but he did have one solid game. Anthony Black, the last player to score at least five points per game. Averaging five points for the Orlando Magic and two blocks per game because he only played in one game. It was surprising to everyone that Anthony Black did not play in the first game. Uh, considering he was a sixth pick in the draft, you know, that was a big shot. But this team is going to make him work for it. Some teams do that. Some teams throw the rookies right in there. So, you know, Anthony Black has played that one game in the first week. But there are other names you may be surprised you have not heard. Because I said, the threshold, five points per game. Jairus Walker. I mean, that is insane to me that he has not really gotten any time on the court. I think he's played like five minutes in one game and zero points. And this is a guy I thought would be starting. You know, my pre-draft evaluation on him was he was not that good. He should have been a, maybe a late first-round pick. And he ended up going uh, seventh, uh, seventh or eighth. Uh, yeah, eighth. But once he went to Indiana, you know, they invested a lot in him. I thought he would be starting. Throw him right in there if you think so highly of him. But they have Obi Toppin playing over him and Jalen Smith. So it's very weird. I don't know what their plan is for Jalen, Jairus Walker. But we'll see. I think the minutes will definitely ramp up for him because – Obi Toppin is not not cutting it. <laughs> Jed Howard, same boat. One game, five minutes, nothing else. Cam Whitmore, you know, darling in the summer league. Played well in the preseason. He played one game, 10 minutes, no points. You know, Hunter Tyson. I love Hunter Tyson from what I saw in the offseason, the summer league, the preseason. One game, three minutes. Not getting the time on the field and on the court. And uh, last but not least, I'll mention Chris Murray for Portland. He's played two games, averaging five minutes. So what's wild to me is he's in that power forward type of position as well. He can play the three or the four. But you got Tamani Kamara playing 22 minutes, and Chris Murray's playing five. They drafted Chris Murray 22nd. Tamani Kamara was drafted around the 50 range. And he was a throw-in in a trade for you guys in Portland. And yet you're playing him four times as much as your first-round pick you selected in Chris Murray. Very weird. Like I said, I don't know what's going on in Portland. 
I guess, I guess Tumani is just outperforming them in practice. But those are just some of the things and key notes from week one for your rookies. You have any questions? Anybody you want me to talk about? Let me know. <clears throat> but, you know, Kobe Buffkin, one game, three minutes. Taylor Hendricks, one game, two minutes. Kobe Bryant, oh, what? Bilal Koulibaly. He has actually played. So that's the name we should mention. Bilal Koulibaly for Washington. And that's a horrible team in Washington. He's played two games, 19 minutes per game, only one and a half points per game. Insane. <laughs> it's so crazy. I'm losing my voice. Two and a half boards, one and a half assists. He does have the two blocks per game. That's what's saving him. But I want to see more minutes for Bilal Koulibaly. <clears throat> but it's a struggle right now. So, Julian Strother, two games, six and a half minutes per game, four points per game. So, it's just a crazy uh, scenario right now with the rookies. But I figured I would give you a week one recap and let you know how they are doing. We'll be back next week. Unless something crazy happens, I'll come back with a week two recap if you like this format this style it's kind of hard to do every day you know uh maybe if i get thousands of followers i'll do this all the time but for now i'll hit you up every week and give you a week weekly recap on the rookies i hope you like this subscribe like comment thank you all for listening watching tuning in until next time i'm out of here peace y'all rookie podcast